the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Help us to look beyond the Canaan land. We're pilgrims headed homeward. Help us to realize that this world is not our home. That we're only passing through. Thank you now for the preaching opportunity to preach your word. We pray that you would Use me now to preach truth in the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that our minds not be distracted with things outside the walls of the facility. That we focus and gaze on the truth of your word. We bless you that we have Bibles when so many do not have the Bible in their language. Help us to rejoice in the God of our salvation. Help us to be still doing the invitation to receive Christ as people are making the greatest decision they'll ever make in their life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 9 through 13. There you'll find these words. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And from this particular passage, we want to preach the rejection of Jesus. The rejection of Jesus. My friends, Jesus is the true light who came into the world through the incarnation to make salvation available to all who would trust the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Jesus is God's greatest revelation and gift to humanity. And there is no excuse if anyone fails to receive the light 
by trusting Jesus Christ, who is the embodiment of light. God sent his one and only son who humbled himself and became a man to die to save sinners. Look at verses 12 and 13, if you will. Salvation through Christ alone. Verses 12 and 13 says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. What a marvelous passage here. Anyone who places their faith in Christ alone receives the gift of salvation and become children of God. The name of Jesus is the only name. The name of Jesus is the only name through which people can be saved and have intimate personal relationship with Christ. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In verse 13, the new birth or spiritual birth does not come by natural birth or flesh and blood, nor does the new birth come through human efforts or human achievements. Salvation is a supernatural work of God through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. I reiterate, salvation is a supernatural work of God through the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Allow us a transition at this time. How does Satan deceive people into thinking they are saved when they are not? Satan is the great master deceiver, and so many think they are saved when they are not. So what a critical question. How does Satan deceive people into thinking they are saved when they are not? A, Satan deceived many into thinking they are saved uh, because they have been baptized. Acts 2.38 says, then Peter said to them, repent. Listen, you have to repent. The Greek word is metanoia. It is turning from sin, selfishness to the Lord Jesus Christ. That has to happen before baptism. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.41 also says, then those who gladly receive the word of God, the word of God, the word about Christ, how he came, how he lived, how he died, how he rose again. When you believe those marvelous truths about our Lord, and then you are baptized, then you are saved. Baptism comes after a genuine conversion. That scripture says in Acts 2.41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Beloved, if one does not have Jesus in his heart before he or she is baptized, then all he or she has done is gone through a, a religious ritual. Baptism must follow a genuine conversion. Baptism must follow a genuine conversion. Uh, 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 B, Satan deceives many into thinking they are saved when they take comfort in church membership. Beloved, it is possible to have great church attendance and yet not be in Christ. That passage, that sad passage in Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 through 23 says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What a sad day. And is that anyone in this room? You have works 
but you don't have a relationship in Christ. Now, you don't work to be saved. You work because you are saved. And that is a tremendous distinction. When you are truly saved, you ought to bear good fruit. Matter of fact, we shall know you by your fruit. Uh, but, But you can serve in the usher's ministry, not be saved. In the nursery ministry, not be saved. You can teach a class, not be saved. You can be a deacon, an elder, a pastor. You can be in the media ministry. You can be in the finance ministry all over the place. And you can do it religiously and just as lost as you can be. These persons in this particular passage, they were deceived. They thought they were saved by their works only to discover they were lost after all. They said, Lord, Lord. There are people who call him Lord, but they don't submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, We prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonderful works in your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. See, Satan deceives many in the church by thinking they can be saved through good works. Satan deceived many in the church by thinking they can be saved through good works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If we could earn our way to heaven through good works, then our salvation is not a free gift from God. It would also negate our Lord's sacrificial work on the cross. You cannot work your way into the the kingdom. You cannot earn your salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. Jesus Christ did for us that which we could not do for ourselves. He came in the fullness of time. He was without sin. He bore our sins to save us from our sins. D, Satan deceives many to thinking they are saved because they are good moral people. Satan deceives many to thinking they are saved because they are good moral people. My friend, you can be a good moral person, abstain from cussing, lying, gossiping, slandering, smoking, drugs and alcohol, sexual immorality, and still go straight to hell because of not receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Sadly, so many have been deceived this way. And Luke 18, 9 through 14 says, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Look at that, who trusted in themselves. Now y'all, y'all would have looked right over that. That's why I said, don't read the Bible too fast. You miss critical insight. He spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed uh, thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven and beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down uh, to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. E, Satan deceives people who say they are Christians because they were brought up in a Christian home. Many think that they are Christians simply because they were brought up in a Christian home. Beloved, God has no grandchildren. He has no grandchildren. The blood of our parents is insufficient to save us. All we inherited from our parents is our sin nature. 
Only the blood of Jesus is able to save the lost. John 9, 13 says, who were born not of blood, not of your mama's blood, not of your daddy's blood, not of your grandma's, grandpa's blood. You inherited their sin nature, and I did too. Nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We were saved by the power of God, the blood of God. Amen. The works and person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You must trust Jesus Christ alone for yourself. You you can't say I'm saved because my mama saved. No, you got to be saved because you know you know God for yourself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 is a marvelous passage to substantiate that. It says that if you, this is everybody else, that you confess with your own mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you, say you, me, me, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You have to believe God for yourself. Your children have to believe God for themselves. Your grandchildren have to believe God for themselves. Tell them about Christ. Live and model Christ before them. And then pray that God would move and work in their hearts so that they can experience God personally for themselves. Amen? The scripture says in John 1, 12, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. How do people become children of God? How do people become children of God? A, one only becomes a child of God by receiving Christ alone. John 1, 12a says, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. You only get into the kingdom of God by believing in Jesus Christ alone. That's how you become a child of God. B, one becomes saved through believing on Christ's name alone. His name is above all names. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, To them he gave the right to become children of God. Look, to those who believe in his name. What name? The name Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that he is Lord. Acts 4, 12 again says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, the only way to be saved is that you must be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Gospel of John chapter three, verse three says, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, you must have a spiritual birth that gives new life and a regenerated spirit. The new birth is such a radical transformation in a person's life that it can only be described as being born again. First John chapter five, verses 11 through 13 says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to keep on believing in the name of the Son of God. You have Jesus Christ living in your soul, you're saved. You do not have him living in your soul, you are lost and on your way to hell. 
You either saved or, or lost. You either know Christ or you don't. You either saint or you ain't. You either going to heaven or you're going to hell. No such thing as purgatory. You know Christ when you close your eyes to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Poof, poof, just like that. But if you don't know Christ, you close your eyes instantaneously, you're right in hell. Even though the scriptures testified of the Jewish Messiah and his coming, he came to his own Jewish people and yet they rejected him because of spiritual rebellion. They rejected him because of spiritual ignorance. They rejected him because of spiritual blindness. The scripture says in Jeremiah chapter 7 verses 25 through 26, since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Verse 26, and yet they did not obey me. Those prophets represented God. And he said, they did not obey me. They were standing in the place of God or inclined their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Oh, my friends, that's a shame. He came into his own, his own received him not. Uh, John 12, 37 also says, but although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. My friends, because God so loved the world, he gave heaven's best, the apple of his own eye, who was the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person in the Godhead. Jesus humbly submitted himself to the Father's will and was born as God in human flesh to make salvation available to humanity. Our Lord submitted himself to his own creation. He was humanity's perfect gift and perfect example while here on earth. Jesus was full of compassion. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus did miracles, signs and wonders, such as feeding thousands, healing the sick, restoring sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, made the lame walk and even raised the dead. And yet, instead of them receiving Christ, you know what they did? They mocked him and rejected him. Even his own brothers and sisters mocked and rejected him. The political and religious leaders mocked and rejected him and so many others. Beloved, it is impossible to live in this life and not experience rejection. Jesus experienced rejection throughout his life and ministry because he was so hated. He was so reviled. He was so despised. He was so ridiculed. He was so maligned. He was spat upon. He was beaten. He was scourged and ultimately put on a cross and he was executed. He humiliated to the point of death. The nation of Israel as a whole rejected their Messiah. Therefore, do not be surprised when people reject you as well. What rejections do we encounter in life? What rejections do we encounter in life? Number one, many are rejected by their spouse, immediate and extended family uh, because of becoming believers in Christ. The children, uh, there's a wife or a husband, they come to Christ, uh, they're in Islam, Hindus, or whatever they're in, and they are resented, they are put out, they are ostracized, and, and usually other Christian families have to take that family member in because they receive Christ. They're disowned. That's a high cost of serving Jesus. What rejections do we encounter in life? Number two, we experience rejection through separation and divorce. The many who marry and 
and they have great expectations for their marriage and buy expensive rings and beautiful white long wedding dresses and expensive cakes and decoration and all that. And don't stay married two weeks or two months. How sad. And there, there, and there are other couples who've been married 40 and 50 years and get a divorce. They put their whole life in, into that marriage. Everything they had. They raised their children, their grandchildren. And then all of a sudden, things begin to fall to pieces, begin to unravel because they took uh, each other for granted. And they gave Satan a tremendous foothold. And Satan tears up the marriage because of pride and because they thought their marriage was invincible. And they walk away. They're, they're wives who suffer and keep the children and uh, raise the children and help and do all they can while they put their husband through law school and medical school and all these other kind of schools. And then that rascal fall in love with somebody in school instead of going back home to the wife who's taking care of his children. And he flies off to a, with another woman, leaving her with the kids, somebody, another woman in law school or med school or some other kind of school. And he skips away with her. And that's just a shame. And that's rejection, my friends. That's rejection. Thirdly, children experience rejection when they are abandoned by their parents. And that hurts. Parents don't want the children. They don't want to deal with them. They just leave them. Leave them in cars. Leave them at fire stations. Leave them at the police station. They just drop them off. Uh, their children are inconvenienced to them. That's a tragedy. Parents also experience rejection when they are abandoned by their children. You Bless your children. You sacrifice for your children. You take your children to games. You, 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 you make sure they, they're ready for school and you help them through college and you do this for them and you do that for them and you give them your last dime. And then they leave the house rebelliously. They leave the house so disrespectfully. They don't even call you. They don't even text you. They don't even call to say, how you doing? And that hurts. That brings on anger sometimes. It's painful. It's bitter. You children, watch how you leave home. Watch how you leave home. Watch how you leave anywhere. Whether it's a job, the church, uh, wherever you, the school, watch how you depart. May there always be integrity in your departure because you don't know what your future holds. You don't know what kind of sickness you're going to have, what kind of calamity you're going to face. Listen, if you can't go anywhere else, you ought to be able to come home. That prodigal child, after, after he had lost everything and came to himself, he went home. And daddy opened up and said, you no good rascal. You made your bed hard, you sleep in it. He didn't say that. He opened his arms and received this child, this child of mine who's lost is now found. Oh, my goodness. What other rejections do we encounter? People experience rejection in dating. God may allow rejection if you are dating too young. Some of you are too, too young to be talking about I love you stuff. Um, some of you date unbelievers and God will break that up. But sometimes he'll bring about rejection because you writ the wrong person anyhow. Uh, uh, sometimes the person is, is just not, that person can be a Christian, but that person who is a Christian is not from the Lord for you. Just because he or she is a Christian don't mean that person is the Lord for you. Even if they're a Christian, you need to be asking, is this person from, from the Lord for me? And some people can sure put on a good act when they're trying to catch you. 
And then when, you, when they get you and all of a sudden the reality of who they are comes surfacing and you be saying, what did, what and who did I marry? Oh God, help me. Woo, these people can put on some good acts until they get you. And then the real them come out. Number five, what other rejections do we encounter? Youth will face rejection in school from classmates. Children will face rejection from bullies, teachers, professors in universities because, because of your stand for Christ, your testimony for Christ. You'll be rejected for racial prejudice. People will reject you because of jealousy. They get jealous of your success, socioeconomic status, cultural differences. They reject you because of your physical disabilities, and most of all, because of the cause of Christ. Uh, number six, many experience rejection when they get cut from sports teams. They try and they try and they practice and they practice and they give it their best effort and they learn the plays, but yet they get cut because the team can only have a certain quota and they miss. They, they don't make the team and they get cut and they feel a heightened sense of rejection. Number seven, we experience a rejection when another applicant gets the job we are qualified for and expecting to get, and they get it instead of us. And uh, that's, that's a type of rejection in that regard. And then number eight, many experience rejection when they fail standardized tests, when they fail final exams. You've studied, you prepared. You've done all you could. You gave it your best. You prayed and you studied, you studied, and you still fail. Uh, fail entrance uh, exams, certifications, licensure exams, and all these kind of things. And you take it personally off, often and you experience rejection. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas. Or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Jesus said the first commandment is that we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is this. We shall love our neighbors as ourselves. His word declares that there are no commandments greater than these. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to worship with us on Sunday, March the 19th at 10 a.m. for our Bring a Neighbor Day worship celebration. Come, bring a neighbor and be blessed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.